The Talk Shop. This is the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and I am Masachaba Mdolo. We were, I'm sure you noticed that we did not have a mentors feature tonight. Uh, we were going to be looking at men as custodians of culture and tradition, but unfortunately we could not get hold of our guest, Mbuisola uh, Buerta. So we will be shelving that for next week. We will be looking at this issue in great detail. Men as custodians of culture and tradition and examining exactly how culture impacts on young men and how in some instances it disadvantages them, but also the benefits of having a rich cultural tradition, cultural practices, rituals that build you and inform who you are and where you're going. So that is a discussion that we'll be having next week. Right now, we're talking about the Trialogue 2012 Corporate Social Investment Research. They have uh, launched the 15th edition, that is Trialogue, of the CSI Handbook. And the book gives a detailed overview of the current state of CSI in South Africa. To give us some highlights of what is contained in the handbook, Nick Rocky joins us on the line. He is director of Trialogue. Good evening to you, Nick, and thank you so much for joining us. Welcome on to the talk shop. Good evening. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Just give us a brief picture, please, of corporate funding patterns in South Africa. Yeah, what we, we've been tracking expenditure for, <clears throat> for all 15 years that we've been producing the book. And, and interestingly, over the last 10 years, we've seen, uh, we've seen uh, a significant increase uh, at uh, rates higher than inflation. So for the first five years, probably about 3% higher than inflation. And then for the last five years, we've seen that rate pick up to probably 10% higher in real terms um, growth. So we, we see um, our estimate is that corporate spending is about $6.9 billion at the moment. Um, and we, we attribute that growth um, not so much to increased spending as to better accounting of what companies are doing around community development. And where is the greater part of the 6.9 billion rand going? Most of it, um, and continually over the years, has been going into education. Um, we uh, noticed for the first time in a while that um, that education now is, exceeds sort of 42 percent of the of the total um, allocation, um, and and the growth has come probably at at the expense of um, sectors like healthcare and HIV and AIDS. And and when we talk about education, um, what what exactly are we to, are we talking about? Basic education? Are we talking about the uh, tertiary, the further education and training, or are we looking at even skills development in the workplace? Well, education um, would would cover all of those um, all of those types of interventions. So anything from bursaries to funding chairs at universities, right through to early childhood development. Um, a lot of interventions uh, focused on math and science um, and school-based uh, educations, whether they are you know, funding literacy, uh, funding capacity building, uh, in some instances actually funding infrastructure investment within the, uh, within the schooling system. And what about community development? Yes, that's uh, the second most uh, you know, popular cause um, Funded, but it's it, it's it's a it's a bit of a catch-all, and there are a lot of different types of interventions within that, within community development. You know, anything from shelters to uh, you know food security to uh, there are a range of types of interventions within that space, and that does attract uh, you know the sort of second most popular sort of cause of funding. 
You spoke about, uh, you know, um, the focus being on education and this impacting negatively on uh, health issues like HIV and AIDS. Does this mean that this does not form part of, of, of the top three? No, um, HIV and, well, well, health really is the third most um, uh-huh. uh, popular support, but it, it's come off there. So it's probably uh, receiving 12%, or our estimates are 12% of, of CSI at the moment, down from about 19% three or four years ago. So falling off, but still a very significant portion of, of, of the CSI expenditure. I want to go back to the issue of social and community development. We're hearing about various NGOs, various uh, NPOs, and even community-based organizations that are closing down um, institutions like Rape Crisis and, and various others that are having to trim down tremendously and close down branches in certain areas because of the lack of funding. Uh, where, what, what is Corporate South Africa saying around these particular issues? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the, the numbers are a little bit um, a little bit confusing and, and difficult to interpret. Mm. I mean, firstly, not all of the CSI money goes directly through to NPOs. So um, there are companies that will, will invest directly in, in, in projects or, or, you know, fund bursaries or, or the likes of that. So NGOs aren't always the, the, the recipients of those funds. And as we've as we mentioned, there are other sectors that are, are supported. Um, we also did research amongst NPOs, and, and the findings from that showed that there were about close to 40% of NPOs saying they had experienced a net decline in funding, um, about a third saying they had, had an increase in funding, and about or 30% or so saying that, the, um, that their funds had remained much the same. But if you look at it in real terms, and we, looked, you know, we asked them how much the funding had declined or increased, mm-hmm. And if you looked at it in real terms, you know, you're probably seeing a net increase of 1%, which in real terms is a decline in, in, in overall funding. I mean, that's not a massive sample, but I think it is indicative of the, the difficulties that have been experienced in the sector. And also a lot has been said around uh, the global economic crisis and how this has contributed to international donor organizations not giving funding anymore. When one compares what corporate South Africa is doing with regards to CSI projects, um, how do we compare with uh, the international funding that's coming in, the foreign funding that's coming in? Yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't track that, but we also hear that, that there are pressures, um, you know, the likes of PEPAR, PIFAR, um, uh, you know, pulling back on, on some of the funding. Kellogg Foundation. Um, and, and, and also, you know, from government circles, some of the funding not in, in the lottery. So the corporates are just one source of funding that goes into the development space. Um, they're an important source. Uh, our, our relatively small sample showed that, uh, it, you know, the NPOs were relying on corporate funding for sort of less than 25% of, of what they get. Um, so it is an important source, but it's certainly not the only source. Um, and corporate funding is, is quite robust in spite of the difficult economic circumstances. And yes, there, there are a lot of companies that have cut back, but uh, corporates tend to base their contribution on their, their profit after tax. Mm-hmm. And those profits tend to gradually on, on net averages increase. So it is quite robust funding. Um, that the, 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 um, the, 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 the net contribution from corporates we, we see is still going up.
We're talking about uh, CSI projects, that's corporate social investment, specifically focusing on uh, the uh, 15th edition of the CSI handbook that was launched this week from Trialogue. And we're joined by Nick Rocky, who's director of Trialogue. We're taking your calls, any questions or comments on 0891-104-207, or SMS 34701. SMS number is 34701, and SMSs are charged at two rand. Any questions or comments around corporate funding patterns in social development in South Africa. I've got a very interesting SMS coming in from MK who says, why do companies decline um, uh, uh, rural community-based organizations when they ask for corporate social funding? So where does rural development feature in uh, the corporate social spending of, of, of of, of companies? Yeah, I think all these funding, uh, different sources of funding have their, their own nuances. And, and, and one thing about corporate funding is that it tends to follow the geographic footprint of companies. So, and, and to some extent, that makes sense. So companies would uh, probably be uh, more interested and have a vested interest in, in, in communities that are close to the operations uh, and tend to fund those closer communities. And unfortunately, uh, rural and deep rural communities often uh, don't get their share of the sort of corporate pie, if you, if, if you, if you want to say it like that. Um, corporates also, uh, you should understand, get inundated with applications. Um, we know large companies that get uh, you know, up to 70 applications for support a week. And unfortunately, most of those applications, just uh, you know, by virtue of the fact that there isn't a uh, you know, an untapped pool of funding available uh, are rejected. And, 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 and often it's very difficult to, to deal with that. But that is the reality that corporates often yeah. face. But when we talk about uh, corporate social investment, I think also there needs to be a, almost a reality check with regards to what the aims of the companies are um, and why they engage in the spending. Uh, there's nothing for free. No, that's that's right, and I, th- I think that it, you know, ultimately these are shareholders' funds mm. uh, that the CSI department needs to justify this expenditure back to the executive of the company, um, and you know, as opposed to a, a, a private foundation where the, the the you know the funder has the discretion to choose what he or she would like to fund, corporates need to be accountable to the company itself, um, and so typically there is some sort of uh, business. A benefit sort, uh, and I think that, it is, that that's healthy. I think that's right. But when we're talking about some kind of business benefit sort, what exactly? I mean, there's got to be, and they, that's why they, there is the term corporate social investment. That there's a huge difference between these CSI initiatives and the everyday business of the company. So one would think that. Honestly, when we're talking about where this money goes, the, the, the benefit, the, 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 the return on investment would not be such a huge factor. It's not a big factor, but it's, it, it, it exists nevertheless. So, um, and and, and these, it exists for different reasons. So uh, a mine might have an interest in having a healthy socioeconomic community around the mine. Uh, a technology company uh, would have an interest in uh, using this technology uh, for developmental purposes, mm. um, and and those are good good reasons to. Uh, it's a good vested interest to have. Um, so a technology company might be uh, highly regulated if it can show that it's actually using its technology responsibly. Then that's not a bad thing. And and when we talk about uh, CSIs, um, uh, do do you differentiate as trialogue between the short term projects that are just once off, or are you or 
and 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 the ones that are long term that go on for a, a number of years um and and what is the significance of that we, we we look at at when we look at individual programs we uh we typically map out the types of investments that they make and and very often you find that there's a combination of short term charitable type donations to long-term, more strategic projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the advantage of the longer-term, more strategic projects is that you can really track the impact. Uh, you can uh, invest time and energy in developing uh, expertise around that particular project, um, whereas the short-term projects, uh, one, one, one can't uh, do that. But there is a role for short-term, immediate release, uh, symptomatic relief-type projects. You know, uh, Often they're very uh, desperate charities around a company that, mm-hmm. that would do very well with 10 or 20,000 rand. And it, when we're talking about corporate social investment, it's not just funding. There's also the aspect of time and expertise as well that can be invested in communities or in any organization. Yes. Uh, our definition uh, looks at everything that companies put back into communities. So we adopt a wider definition. And included in that would be, uh, you know, goods and kind and, and facilities. Um, uh, interestingly, about 75% of companies that we track, and we, we, our research covers the sort of larger companies out there, um, have some sort of volunteerism program, mm-hmm. whether it's a matching grant scheme or, you know, volunteer days or, or, or you know, anything along those lines. Now, we've been hearing about um, uh, some changes um, to the CSI landscape, so to speak, uh, coming from the Triple B codes of good practice and uh, the uh, uh, amendments there. Uh, Take us through how you see these proposed changes affecting or affecting CSI. I think that the the codes, um, there's been a lot of uh, conversation around the codes, and and I don't think that they will go through exactly like they are. There are two clauses that are problematic, one being uh, that, um, well, firstly, let me say that, that the codes talk about SED, uh, socioeconomic development. Mm-hmm. And um, an SED, as far as companies are concerned, is, is pretty much CSI. Uh, it treats it as the same thing. Companies uh, talk CSI, but they still uh, use whatever they're spending on CSI to qualify for their BE points. Mm-hmm. So they, 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 the terminology is confusing, but it, it, it seems to be much the same thing. Um, the codes talk about um, support for income-generating projects. Now, that would, as it stands, uh, if you looked at it in its purest terms, exclude a lot of the education and welfare-type initiatives that can- companies are currently supporting. Um, they also talk about 100% of the beneficiaries being black beneficiaries as opposed to the 75% requirement uh, and, and then measured on a pro-rata basis. Um, and I don't think those will go through uh, like that, but... What worries me is that the moment you get overly prescriptive about who can qualify and, uh, you know, that you force companies now to start asking questions about exactly how many beneficiaries are are, are this race or that race, you then give a lot of power to the rating agencies that are forced to go out there and start counting people. And it becomes more a tick box exercise. Uh, And I think that there's a lot of goodwill in CSI. There's a lot of strategic thinking around this space. And the moment you, 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 you impose a set of rules that are, are, are highly prescriptive, this qualifies, that doesn't qualify, it becomes problematic in terms of companies then asking, should we fund this organization? Is it income generating? How far from income generating is a tertiary uh, or, uh, or a bursary scheme versus an ECD scheme? Uh, how many beneficiaries are, in fact, black? you know, uh, a tertiary university that uh, is supported 
might have a few foreign nationals in there. Um, and, and now you start, you, you, you cause companies to now have to go and count, and, and, and I think that's problematic. But doesn't this talk about a problem within uh, the funding um, of CSI projects? Because I would think that this amendment comes from somewhere. It doesn't come from a vacuum. And this prescript, prescriptive nature that you're talking about of the, uh, the, 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 the codes of good practice is because companies are not fulfilling their part or playing their part. They're not fulfilling their role in development. I think I, I, I'm not sure about that. I think that companies do play a significant role. I think there are good and bad examples, mm-hmm. uh, as always. But I, I think one of the problems with the codes is, and uh, it's a difficult one, because you, you basically say to companies, you must spend 1% of your net profit after tax. How you spend it and what you achieve with it is not counted. So the incentive is really on inputs and not on what the effect of, those, of that, that spending is. But I think there are a lot of companies that are really honestly grappling with developmental issues and, and, and trying to make an impact. Yes, there are bad examples. There are companies that promote their work more than they do their work. Mm. But by and large, I think the companies certainly that we talk to, and some of them are spending tens if not hundreds of millions of rands in this space, um, are very serious about what they do. And they do their research. They uh, investigate what's working. They really try and influence government behavior uh, in terms of, you know, uh, providing good information, policy-type information into the system. So there's some serious thinkers in this space. And would uh, the uh, um, uh, CSI handbook assist companies that are looking for projects to put their money into? Because that's another challenge that many companies face is they're in the business of running a business, of making money, not necessarily of, 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 of uh, development or community development or social development. So it becomes a bit of a problem with regards to where does this money go? Where do we invest this money? Yeah, I don't think there's a, a shortage of demand. Um, you can choose any particular space. I mean, what we would do is say we would look at a strategy that says, where's your business? What is your business mm. about? Uh, what are the developmental touch points to your business? Uh, if you're a very small company and you haven't got a lot to spend, there are lots of charities, very credible charities, charities that you can give money away to without spending much money giving, them, giving that money away. You know, if, you, if you're spending upwards of two or three or four million, uh, then you need to start investing in some time and effort to actually understand uh, you know, how that money can work for your company and how you can use it to best effect for development. So it's a, it's a numbers exercise, but uh, there's absolutely no shortage of spaces. Uh, there are NGOs, very credible NGOs, mm. crying out for support. Um, and one simply needs to post something up on your website uh, and say, this is what we prepare to fund, and you'll have a dearth of, um, you'll have a, a, an abundance of, of, of applications. And there are things like the Satrix, um, where, not Satrix, um, uh, there's a, an exchange on the JC where you can actually put um, money into projects um, and, uh, and there's some M&E around that, uh, monitoring and evaluation around that. So there's, there are very, very good choices uh, available to companies. So companies can't just sit back and say, well, we're not sure where to, to spend our money and how effective it will be. There are various efforts, avenues out there, there are various initiatives out there that will exist. I've got an SMS coming in from Sam, and Sam says, what has been the impact of the Marikana crisis on CSI in the mining sector and generally? I think, I think that it is, it is still having an impact. I think there's a lot of introspection around uh, the way mines spend their money and what is achieved through that money. And I think the mining charter is well conceived. Um, but I think in its implementation, there's again a focus on what companies on, on, on companies meeting their social and labour plans, 
uh, and hence it, it, it resorts back to sort of tick box. This, this project qualifies, therefore we can carry on mining, as opposed to what is the broader socioeconomic effect of the money mm. that we're putting into the community. Mm. And I think that, that what needs to happen is a focus on what the social health of those communities are, as opposed to the success of individual projects. And, and, and I think that the Marikana issue is going to bring that to the fore, and there's going to be debate around that. Um, so there's a lot of thinking going on at the moment, uh, I, would, I would like to like leave. We're talking about corporate social investment and uh, the different projects, uh, worthy uh, charities, NGOs, even long-term projects that are out there. But I think Marikana has put the spotlight on the companies themselves um, and and what it is that they're looking to achieve with regards to their employees. What happened to charity begins at home, Nick? Because we've seen a situation where the mining sector, mining companies are talking about wonderful work that they're doing in the communities, the beneficiation programs, um, the bursaries, and, and we could go on and on and on. And meantime, their employees are living in conditions that leave a lot to be desired, where you would not, that, that, you know, those are the kind of things that take away even one's dignity. And, and you spoke about uh, money, uh, companies, a period, wanting to, to tick a box and say, okay, we've done this, we've done that, and then they get uh, their, their rebates back and all that. How do we balance all that and ensure that while we're talking about CSI projects and, and, and that continues to be the focus of companies. There's also that charity begins at home mentality that's going on. Yeah, I think it's very difficult. I think that the, if you look at the kind of money that have been spent, uh, for instance, in the platinum belt, uh, with the likes of uh, you know, Impala Platinum and, and Royal Buffer King mm. and Amplat, there's a lot of money going into those communities, and yet you're still finding the, the conditions that you described. Mm. Um, and and I, I, I think, you know, as I said, I think the, the, the difficulties is, 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 that, um, is that it is project-based, it is tick-box-based, tick and not focused on overall outputs. But having said that, the mines are not the government, and the government does have responsibility to actually provide that basic, those basic services and that infrastructure. So one's got to be very careful about, you know, taking over the local municipality as opposed to supporting the work of government. Um, and there's, you know, for, we find, for example, in a projects where clinics are funded but not properly uh, capacitated mm. once they've been funded by the mines. Now, the difficulty is who, whose responsibility is that? Ultimately, it's a responsibility of government. So, the, you know, one, but uh, and yet you can't divorce the mines from that responsibility. You can't say it's not their concern that the clinic is not functional after they've built it. So there's some difficult issues there, and I think that's going to that's gonna need some, some careful thinking. Mm. And I'm glad you raised this, because that is a question that comes up over and over again. How do you respond as Trialog and the, uh, uh, taking into account the work that you do um, when companies say, but why should we be spending so much money on CSI? This is government's responsibility. Yeah, I mean, we always say that, that you can't replace government and you can't replace the work of government. So think how you can spend your money effectively. You're living in a developing economy. You have a long-term interest in supporting that economy in the ways that you are best empowered to do so. So how best can your money work for you to support government and not replace government? Um, how can you use your presence, your intellect, your know-how to actually uh, make, a, make a difference to the environment in which you're working? So those are the questions, and that's what we, you know, that's a strategic process that we work through, work through with companies. But do you find that companies view CSI as a grudge spend? Not, not, not normally. Not the companies that we tend to work with. Mostly, it is 
uh, it is passionately embraced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on who you talk to in the company, uh, obviously, but certainly when you talk to the the corporate affairs and the developmental side of the business, they, they take it very seriously. There may be some uh, you know, financial people that uh, see this as, a, as an expenditure, but I think increasingly there is an awareness amongst executives of the need to invest in the future of our country. And, and we're seeing CEOs that take this very seriously as well, whereas perhaps 10 years ago it was a sort of afterthought of companies. Taking your calls, talking about uh, corporate social investment with the uh, director of Trialogue, Nick Rocky, and this follows the launch of the 15th edition of the CSI Handbook that happened this week. The book gives a detailed overview of the current state of CSI in South Africa. They estimate that companies invested 6.9 billion rand in social projects in the 2011-2012 period. This is an 11% increase on the previous year. And of course, the bulk of the money went to uh, education. Uh, the spending on education is on the increase, followed by social and community development and health being third. Good evening to you, Jabu in Pretoria. Welcome. Hi, good evening. Um, I, I just thought I would make one comment. Go ahead, sir. That, you know, the, uh, I think it is important for the private sector to appreciate as well that they do identify these areas which uh, then get grouped under uh, CFI. Now, but you see municipalities themselves might have needs which do not necessarily fall under them. So it seems to me that it might be a good idea to explore as well, because you see, one of the bigger problems of municipalities, of, of a number of local municipalities, is just the capacity, sometimes the capacity to spend their money. Mm. So issues such as project management are areas which the private sector has actually a vast experience in. So that's one of the areas. The other one has to do with just the management of the finances uh, of the municipalities. It seems to me uh, these are areas where they can easily increase the capacity of the local municipality because I think it is equally in their interest that local municipalities should be strong so that they can do business uh, in an environment uh, which is peaceful. Uh, Jabu and Pretoria, thank you very much for the call. The yeah, line, the line, the line is area. terrible, and that I, I am struggling to hear you. And and uh, you know, I think I got the gist of of the of the issue around skills development and skills transfer in municipalities, and what uh, what is the position with regards to CSIs? Because this is not seen as part and parcel of CSIs. Meantime, uh, corporate South Africa has so much to offer uh, the municipalities. I think I got the gist of it. Um, and, but I must say that for me, the line was absolutely terrible. I really struggled to hear you. Thank you so, so much for the call, Jabu. Nick? Yes, I, I, mean, I think that one needs to understand limitations of CSI. And there, ha- there have been programs or, or, or corporates that have engaged in building capacity within municipalities, but it is the exception. It's not the norm. Um, and there are also uh, other mechanisms whereby corporates can engage municipalities through public-private sector partnerships and the like, uh, and uh, enterprise development type programs. So CSI is not the only mechanism whereby companies can work with municipalities. I think the other point is that um, that, that uh, lack of capacity in municipalities is a serious constraint, um, and um, and companies need to 
or, or particularly when, when, when there are large companies operating within small regions, uh, one of the dangers is that they end up becoming the municipality, and, and, and they've got to avoid that. In other words, they've got to be very clear boundaries of responsibility uh, between what governments should provide and what companies provide. So those are some of the complexities and the difficulties that these organizations face. Yeah. Mm. But, but one, like you say, one, one cannot overlook the issue of capacity and the need for skills transfer and skills development in municipalities. Um, and and uh, one, one cannot ignore the fact that the private sector does have a huge role to play here because they have the expertise. They, they, they have the business expertise, the financial expertise necessary to be able to assist municipalities and capacitate them. If, if we're not looking at public-private partnerships, because here we're also looking at in, in terms of uh, uh, financial uh, returns, how else can, can we see this, this, um, this working out? How else can we see the private sector getting involved in this particular sector and, and benefiting the municipalities and the broader public at the end of the day? Yeah, uh, I think it's, 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 it's an important question and it's an ongoing debate. I mean, what we do track uh, through the book is we start looking at where partnerships are formed and with who partnerships are formed. And we find that uh, you know, typically companies would partner implementing agencies in the form of NPOs less often do they, they form partnerships with government. Mm. And that's a tricky one. You know, at what level do you, do you form a partnership with government? At national government, you know, the kind of budgets that CSI departments have are, are very small relative to the kind of national education and health sector budgets. But at a local level, it, it swings the other way, you know, where, where the, the, the corporates are spending more money than the municipality has available to it. So those are, you know, I don't have the answers, um, but those are some of the considerations and the complexities that, that the space uh, brings to the fore. Nick Rocky, Director of Trilog, joining us, talking about the launch of the 15th edition of the CSI Handbook. I want to talk about where one gets hold of the handbook and gets more information around it uh, when we come back. Hello. Clevin, how's business? It's business as usual. Still trying to reduce my operational costs. Just sign up to ESCOM's rebate program for business. We did, and our electricity costs have since dropped. Start saving. Sign up to ESCOM's energy efficiency rebate program. It's an initiative designed to provide any size business with rebates for switching to energy efficient technologies. Call 0800-37566 or visit www.escom.co.za forward slash IDM for more information. It pays to switch. Buddy, I knew I could count on you. Expresso loves the holiday season. Everything is filled with goodness and love, along with so many happy moments with family and friends. Plus, the smell from the kitchen is so inviting. Tune in to Expresso because we'll be cooking up something new and exciting every morning this holiday season. Wake up to a feel-good morning every weekday from 6 till 8.30 a.m. only on SABC3. The Talk Shop. This is the talk shop on SAFM 104 to 107, and I am Masachaba Mdolo in conversation with Nick Rocky, director of Trialogue, around the launch of the 15th edition of the CSI Handbook. Nick, I've got an SMS saying, where does one get hold of the CSI Handbook? Yeah, the best way, the best way to find it would be to come through our website, um, and uh, we have uh, electronic um, versions and, and, and print versions available. So it is www.trialogue.co.za, and that's like dialogue but with a tr- 
try in the front. Mm-hmm. And if one is unable to access you via the net, is there uh, even maybe uh, an, a, a number that they can dial to, yeah, to we, request? Yeah, we could phone our, our, um, our Cape Town number, 21 Six seven double one six four zero. Six seven double one six four zero. Yes. All right. That's at zero two one six seven double one six four zero zero two one six seven double one six four zero. Or you can just visit their website, and that's www.trialog.co.za. That's trialog.co.za, and trialog is T R I A L O G U E. Nick, thank you very very much for your time. So really appreciate it. Pleasure, Mr. Talking about the Trilog 2012 Corporate Social Investment Handbook.